0: Welcome to Trek Trek. I'm your host, Justin Chang, and with me is Randy Nelson. Permission to come aboard? Permission granted.
1: Oh, okay. I can't do that little kind of whistle they used to use on the old Star Trek series. It was like, come onto the bridge whistle or whatever. They used to use all those old, like, seafaring things. Like, there was like a whistle and anyways. Yeah. None of that anymore. Now we've got neural networks throughout the ship, which we still haven't seen
0: yet. Yeah, no, n- nothing about the neural networks. It seems like a pretty standard ship. Uh, Voyager yeah. does.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm just really, I'm holding out for when we have like a, a Voyager contracts encephalitis or
0: something. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we're gonna talk about uh, season one, episode nine, Emanations, uh, which originally aired March thirteenth, nineteen ninety five.
1: I actually thought uh, when I first saw the title of this episode, it was Emissions. <laughs> and I was like, what? The, the description of the episode is going to be the the Voyager gets stopped by the. Delta Quadrant police for emitting too <laughs> too much uh, pollution into the quadrant or something. But then I double-checked and it was emanation, so. emanations.
0: Emanations, uh, a word they use a lot in this episode. Yeah, if we were playing a drinking game
1: based on this episode and having a bottle of Romulan ale there for it, uh, we would have been totally sloshed, unless <laughs> it was synthahol.
0: Right. Or the holographic drink. That they talked about on the holiday. (laughs) It was a hollow hollow drink, yeah. um, This episode was written by Brandon Braga. Yeah. Old Braga's back. uh, Which is pretty cool. Uh, Yeah, let's just dive in. So, it opens up with the captain's log. Janeway talks about how the Federation has discovered 246 elements, uh, but they think they found the 247th.
1: Mm, that's right. And I think around the time that this episode aired, I was reading, I think there'd been a 111 or the 111th element had it in our real uh galaxy, real universe had just been announced. So, apparently between now and and the year
0: 2400 there's a lot of uh new Well, I mean, they have warp drives so they can go all over the place.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh
0: yeah, they found this element in the rings of a class D planet. So uh, Voyager's going to go check it out, because, you know, that's what they do. They explore new worlds. Uh, But aren't they trying to get back home? (laughs) Quiet, you. (laughs) Right. Sorry.
1: I'm sorry. I'm just the voice of the audience.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Kim talks about how it has a large atomic mass of over 550 nucleons but it's a stable element. Uh, Taurus talks about how they can use this element to make shielding for probes and other stuff. Uh, So it sounds like this miracle element that they could use if they could mine it somehow. This element is found in the asteroids surrounding the planet. Like I said, it's in the rings of the uh, surrounding the planet. Uh, Fortunately for them, some of these asteroids have class M atmospheres, uh, class M being earth-like uh, so they can breathe. They don't need environmental suits or anything. Uh, Chakotay, Kim, and Torres beam aboard one of these asteroids. Uh, and
1: uh, Kim is really excited, by the way. Yes. I wanted to point that out.
0: <laughs> he gets asked to go on the away team. Yes, he's very excited to go on this away mission. Uh, they go inside. It's a very cavernous uh, asteroid. There are a lot of cobwebs around.
1: <laughs> and I was
0: wondering at first if they were going to address that, or they they just like,
1: oh yeah, how do we make this look like a creepy asteroid? Oh, we'll just put up some cobwebs. But where did the cobwebs come from? It also kind of reminded me of the when they beamed into the the asteroid or the planetoid on the episode with uh, the organ-stealing aliens.
0: Yes, this episode reminded me a lot of that, because they were checking that out to find del-lithium. Mm-hmm. So, so Voyager's always trying to find something... And it turns out badly, uh-huh, <laughs> hopefully they'll learn now it's the second time, so yeah there there's these cobwebs. I made a note that it looks kind of like a cheap, haunted house. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The cobwebs were not very convincing.
1: no, no, i, I also want to say well, there's something that comes up with uh with Chicote a little later that we could talk about <laughs>
0: okay. uh Torres finds a humanoid body wrapped up in the webs. The body is. Dead, mm-hmm. deceased. And then they find a bunch of of these uh, wrapped up bodies, and it cuts to the opening credits. When we come back, uh, Chakotay says that the bodies vary from being dead for years to only a few days. They found one body that's only been dead for 12 hours.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Chakotay guesses it's a burial site based on how the bodies are positioned. The element is emanating from the bodies. Uh, Taurus discovers, and it's uh, they assume it's part of the decomposition process. Uh, Chicote wants to leave the leave the bodies alone, uh, but Kim is very keen on studying them. Uh, Janeway agrees with Chicote, however, and they decide to do only visual scans with their eyes. They're not even going to use tricorders. To examine yeah, I, I
1: didn't quite understand that. And it makes it seem like the tricorders are somehow invasive.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it has to send out some sort of well, harmless beam. I, was, mm-hmm. I, was, I don't know how harmless it would be, apparently.
1: <laughs> i you know, I'm just I was sitting there asking watching this and asking myself if they don't want to disrupt these bodies with a tricorder. Do I feel safe having a tricorder used on me if they don't even want to use it use it on corpses? I don't know.
0: Uh, Chikote is just really big on being, you know, super He's, respectful of the
1: Yeah, day. yeah, I mean, you can kind of get that, and and I guess he he tells Kim
0: a story about a burial site, right? Yeah, he tells Kim when he was younger, Chicote went on a dig to a burial site, he took a rock as a souvenir, but it turned out to be a sacred stone so he had accidentally desecrated a grave, and he felt real bad about it. So bad that he has to carry it on to this day, that he will never disturb another site again. Right. Except when he's at an esca- excavation, sorry,
1: of a burial site.
0: Anyways. Uh, Taurus is quick to wrap things up, because, you know, that's how she is. So It's, <laughs> it's within her character to be yeah. in a hurry.
1: True. But she says something like... Well, uh, I could tell that this race likes to bury its dead on asteroids. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I could tell using only my eyes. So let's wrap this up and get out of here.
0: Uh, Chikote notices, though, that the bodies are naked. So they don't, the, whoever the alien race is, doesn't believe in clothing their dead. Uh, they also, there are no artifacts around. So uh, this alien race doesn't believe in carrying their objects with them to the next life. A light suddenly appears. It's a dimensional distortion, or as they discover, a subspace vacuole. mm mm-hmm. uh, We see uh, the Bajoran in the transporter room, Seska. We've seen her before in uh, Parallax. She was one of the Maquis who was kind of egging Chakotay on to do the mutiny. Mm-hmm.
1: And now she's running the uh, the transporter that can scramble people's DNA. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, it's interesting to note that she started out with a blue uniform. In, that, in Parallax, and here she has a gold one. Mm. So she changed jobs. Mm-hmm. Suska beams three objects, three bodies aboard. Uh, it's Chakotay and Torres, but they also have one dead, wrapped-up body. Uh, Kim is gone. Uh, again, I noted, because he went missing in Caretaker. Right. So,
1: Kim is missing. <laughs> Plot point. <laughs> Instant Kim is missing. And they've got to get him back.
0: They note that the body is not from the asteroid because it's recently dece- deceased. Mm-hmm. So, Taurus suggests reviving the body so they can ask the person uh, what's going on. Find out more information. Cut to the... Aliens. They're holding a funeral. They're speaking over a coffin-type thing, and uh, it turns out Kim's inside. <laughs> yeah, he starts pounding
1: on the lid of this
0: pod. <laughs> yeah, that's and... really got to shock those those aliens.
1: <laughs> he said, like, let me out of here!
0: They think he's from the afterlife, or as they call it, the next emanation. Mm-hmm. Hence our title. Yeah, they talk about the next emanation a whole lot.
1: Yeah. I really want to get that word. It's like it's trademarked and they get a royalty every time they say it.
0: Yeah, I mean, instead of saying, "Oh, he's from heaven or the, the next mm-hmm. life or whatever," they just say, "He's from the next emanation." Uh Kim says, "Well, I'm from I was on this asteroid and there are all these dead bodies around and it's uh this news shocks these aliens. They're like, "What?" What are you talking oh. about? In the next emanation, I'm going to be reunited with my families. There's mm-hmm. no, there shouldn't be any bodies, any dead bodies. Right. Um, back on Voyager, the doctor revives the dead woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, turned out she had a brain tumor, and the doctor just, you know, simply got rid of it and then replicated some brain cells and revived yeah.
1: her. Yeah, that was it. I mean, they make it seem like they can basically just... Uh, beam uh cancer out of you or something like that and then just replicate alien hey wait a second <laughs> they couldn't replicate neelix's lungs but they could replicate neural tissue for an uh, alien species that they've never encountered before hmm. yeah i know i know shut up you <laughs> right
0: <laughs> look they needed to make the lungs into a big plot point Right. And uh, they didn't have time to come up with some reason why they couldn't revive this woman.
1: True. And I oh, I would like to point out,
0: uh, since we did
1: mention Mr. Neelix, um, he has evidently been uh, beamed off of this
0: episode. <laughs> yes. And that's why this is one of the better episodes of Star Trek Voyager.
1: <laughs> I'm starting to see a correlation
0: here. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Uh, the woman's name is Patera. The doctor explains that the webbing that surrounds these aliens is the is their cells breaking down into a biopolymer resin. Mm-hmm. Uh we I noted that Kess is still assisting the doctor, so some good continuity there.
1: Yeah, and they seem to have a pretty good working relationship. Like he just kind of he says what he needs, he kinda of holds up his hand and she walks up, sticks the thing, sticks the, the hypo
0: in his hand and yep. he injects. Yeah, it seems like they've been working together. They're a well-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patera is understandably confused by this whole situation. She's encountering people she's never seen before. Uh, it's And it's always surprising to see Captain Janeway staring down at you, I guess.
1: <laughs> well, they did. They used this uh, first-person camera that I think maybe they've used in previous episodes and on other Trek series where they have someone laying on the table in um, sickbay and they're, you're, the viewer seeing up through their eyes. And there's just kind of these weirdly distorted, mm-hmm. uh, this weird distortion effect. So the, the crew members, so I think it was Chicote and Janeway look really kind of menacing <laughs> hovering over this poor lady who, um, I guess is worth noting that she was also probably expecting to see you know she was hoping to see her brother right and i'm i'm guessing you're gonna get to that that she was like wait where's my brother
0: yeah uh she's very confused so they sedate her
1: (laughs) she kind of just goes a little crazy yeah and the doctor just like without saying anything he just sedates
0: her (laughs) (laughs) he's the best i can't deal with this now yeah yeah he's just like "Ah, enough of that uh speaking of uh camera angles and lighting effects. I noted that in this next scene where Kim is speaking with the kind of religious leader mm-hmm. of these aliens, there's they use a lot of dutch angles. Mm. Uh, the cameras are really tilted kind of to show Kim's psychological state. He doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, it's it's a kind of a weird situation,
1: especially you know with some of the stuff they're saying to him and Things are asking him.
0: Mm -hmm. He's kind of freaking out a little bit as well. Uh, you know, there's kind of that mirroring between Patera and Kim as they're both people out of their comfort zones. Kim wants to go back to Voyager understandably, but the religious leader says, Nope, we got to study you because you're from the next emanation and we got to know more about the next emanation. Uh, Cut back to Voyager. Uh, Patera is talking to Janeway in sick bay. Janeway is very sensitive to Patera's questions. Uh, she Janeway never says, oh, yeah, there's just a bunch of dead bodies in this asteroid. She's just kind of like, well, maybe the answers to your questions are still out there just because they're not here. Just because this is not the next emanation, you know, doesn't mean there isn't a next emanation.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's being very kind of delicate about this, the matter, I think. Mm-hmm. Just sort of that, you know, like you said, because the answers aren't here doesn't mean they're not out
0: there somewhere. We also know that January's kind of new agey because she's really into animal spirit guides.
1: Yeah, you know, and I'm going to say this already. I'm kind of surprised that Chakotay doesn't become more involved in trying to kind of
0: reassure this person yeah chakotay kind of disappears
1: Mm-hmm. he's he really isn't there for much of this episode which seems odd because you'd think that with his kind of deep spiritual beliefs um especially uh with the the talk he gives kim uh on the asteroid about not disturbing the the burial grounds uh that he would be even more involved in well you know this whole afterlife business this whole next emanation
0: right uh, Patera is very confused, but Kess suggests, oh, maybe you should walk around the ship, you know, take a deep breath, relax, try to get your bearings, you know. I don't know. It seems like there are pre-warped civilizations. so aren't they not supposed to interact with pre-warped civilizations?
1: Yeah, I mean... Uh, Kim brings up, uh, first contact protocol. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think maybe a little later, or maybe it was in one of the previous scenes. Um, and then, like you mentioned, they, they just don't, they don't seem to have transporter technology, uh, because this, um, subspace vacuole or, I think that's the right word. Yep. Um, that they, the techno babble they decide to use. Um, that these are just kind of a naturally occurring phenomenon mm-hmm. uh, on their planet and they have utilized them as this gateway to the next emanation. They don't seem to ha- talk about anything like t- transporters. They don't talk about spacecraft. I think Chem actually mentions being from a starship and they're sort of like, whoa, what? Like, okay. So it definitely does seem like, especially with what Kim says about First Contact Protocol and um and Prime Directive, that they, he says, I think, something along the lines of, I'm really not supposed to tell you very much because we've never encountered you before.
0: Mm-hmm. So. So it's, to me, it's weird that they're just like, oh, sure, Patera, just, like, explore our spaceship. Mm-hmm.
1: It does, though, seem that um, from a scene I think coming up that a uh, Kess kind of accompanies her, maybe. So, right. hopefully, yeah, she's not just running around the ship, right, <laughs> things. She's looking for the next emanation. She's like going out of the holodeck. Is this the next emanation?
0: Oh, uh, at least she's not like Neelix and just drinking all the water. Mm hmm. Taking bubble baths. <laughs> Uh, a subspace vacuole appears in engineering and a, another dead body is found. Uh, back on the alien world, the man who first uh, talked to Harry Kim, uh, Hatil, it turns out he's going to be going to the next emanation and he's having second thoughts about it because of what Harry said about the dead bodies being in, lying there in the asteroid. Right. Uh, Hatil reveals he had an accident, and he feels like he's a burden on his family, so his family wants him to move on. And th- <laughs> in this culture, going to the next emanation is a good thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's something—he says that some people actually, like, really look forward to it and kind of don't—well, there's—they kind of, I think, try to address some pretty heavy topics. They They mention, um— but basically kind of suicide. Like they're not happy in this incarnation, so you go to the next emanation and you maybe you'll have better luck there. Right. Sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not just that he's
0: it's not just that he feels he's a burden, right? Oh yeah, I mean his family feels he's a burden as well.
1: <laughs> he says something about they had a meeting.
0: Yep, they had a family meeting and decided <laughs> that he's going to the next emanation. <laughs>
1: Atil, uh, we've all had a family meeting and decided that you should go kill yourself. <laughs> and it's kind of, I think maybe it was before this, at this scene you're, t- you're talking about now, when his wife is visiting with him and says, basically says, like, no, like, he says, you know, I'm kind of having second thoughts about this whole thing. She's like, no, no, you got to go through with it. Yeah. Like, like, she kind of wants him out of there. It just, to me, it seems like he just has, like, he has, like, a, um, like, a bionic kind of exoskeleton to help him walk, I guess? I don't know. He doesn't seem like that much of a burden to me.
0: Yeah, I don't, yeah, I didn't really get that. But anyway. Back on Voyager, more bodies are appearing. Uh, Janeway theorizes that it's the warp core attracting these vacuoles. So Mm. they leave the, uh... Surrounding area, they go half a light year away to get away from these vacuoles. In the galley, uh, like you said, Kest is talking with Patera. Kest talks about how in the Okampa, uh, Okampa religious beliefs, they believe their spirit leaves the body. The, they bury the bodies, and the spirit goes off to you know the afterlife. And Patera says that. Not It's not just your spirit. Your whole body is supposed to go on to the next emanation and be reunited with your family. You're supposed to be whole when you re- are reunited with your loved ones. Uh-huh. And then Patera has a realization that she's all alone on the starship and her, she's not going to see her brother. Uh, and, you know, she wants to go home. Uh, you know, she's a stranger in a strange land at this point. So, in the meeting room, Janeway, Chakotay, Torres, Kess, and Patera talk about getting Patera home. Taurus suggests recreating the transporter accident to send her back. Um, so, Voyager goes back near the planet. Vacuoles are appearing. They try to transport Patera. Uh, but something goes wrong, and Patera dies.
1: Yeah. So... Um, oh, and they're also trying to send, uh, like some kind of subspace beacon with her, right? So that Kim can use it to, Harry can use it to, to, to get locked on and, and transport back. Um, I, I don't know, I was kind of a little weirded out by this scene <laughs> where she dies in the transporter and then Janeway kind of, kind of flees the scene pretty quickly. Like, whoops, uh, nothing to see here, uh, and it just kind of, like, leaves. Right? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I think that she would have been a little more broken up, but she I think she just said something like, Beam her down to one of the asteroids. Yeah, that's where <laughs> she
0: was going anyway.
1: Yeah, she wanted to be dead. Now she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> After they cured her of cancer, brought her back to life, now they've inadvertently killed her in the transporter, and she's starting to get all webby again. Yeah and they're just kind of like oh well um i guess they couldn't revive her this time um and they just beam her down to the asteroid and let's uh let maybe if no one no one saw this happen uh <laughs> we won't get blamed for murdering someone well it was
0: accidental it was you know, Yeah, they didn't it was die. an accident you know transporter accidents happen all the time Yep. Uh, Come back to the alien world. Again, I noticed the Dutch angles when Kim is talking to the spiritual leader. Uh, The leader wants to send Kim to another facility. And Kim is obviously not happy about that. He just wants to get back in the uh, transporter device so he can go back to Voyager.
1: Right. And did you get the sense that... When they, Whenever they talked about this studying him, and especially when they were talking about sending him to this other facility, I was starting to feel like maybe they were going to, like, dissect him or something.
0: Yeah, I yeah, I definitely had that sense.
1: Yeah, it was, like, really kind of creepy, um, this idea of kind of dissecting him. Oh, when you're, you're bringing up how they're using these kind of tilted Dutch angles, and, and it's a very, like, kind of off-kilter situation, and... Um, and he's totally out of his element. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I, that reminded me that at one point it's proposed that maybe this isn't even so much as another planet, but that it's another dimension. Yes. So I almost wonder if it, they don't, I don't think they, they don't ever specifically address this, but I wonder if it's possible that the planet that they are orbiting with the ring system, is actually kind of uh, this is another, say, alternate universe version of that planet or something. Hmm. Yeah. That's- so I don't know. I, maybe I'm just making up my own little side story. <laughs> but yeah, it's and it, it was interesting that it's not so much he's being transported across space, but basically to another dimension.
0: Right. Hatil talks with Harry again. Uh, Hatil is wrapping himself in a death shroud. Uh, that's been passed down through the generations in his family. And uh, he talks about how people actually look forward to wearing the death shroud. But again, Hatil is having second thoughts. Um, Hatil mentions how he could just leave and go to the mountains and live out the rest of his life there. And uh, Kim suggests that he does go through with that, but, Make his family believe that he died or and went on to the next emanation, right? Not just run away, right? Basically, uh, so so Kim suggests that Harry goes to the transference ritual in Hatil's place. You know, wrapped up in this death shroud. I mean, they wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. Although Hatil is like very thin,
1: <laughs> right? He's definitely a different body type from Harry.
0: Yeah. I'm not saying that Harry is fat. I'm just saying he's much bigger than yeah. Hatil. He's he's
1: a he's a bigger guy. Yeah,
0: in general. And then Hatil says, "Well, you will die in the ritual," but uh, Kim says that maybe Starfleet medical technology will bring him back. Uh, you know, he's willing to take that risk. Uh, this is mirroring Patera, who, uh, you know, Jane Wayne Torres said you could die in this transporter um, Mm -hmm. earlier on.
1: Right, and she does say, I've already died once, I'm willing to do whatever it takes, basically. Yeah, you're right, I hadn't
0: thought about that. I've made a note of how can this shroud have been passed on from generation (laughs) to generation (laughs) uh, if they're wearing it in the
1: pod? And they get transported to the asteroid, right? Or they're naked.
0: But I was like, maybe the Pod strips some of their clothes and because they end up naked on the other side,
1: yeah. And there's actually, I noticed that. Um, well, a spoiler alert when when Kim goes through it, uh, when he, he ends up on the other side, it looks like he's at least doesn't have a shirt on,
0: yeah. I noted that he would seem to be naked as well, um, so yeah. So I guess it's something with the pod because it's not something when they die. Because when no. Katera died, she still had her clothes on.
1: Mm-hmm. And when Harry comes through uh, the vacuole, um, the, uh, the the opposite direction, when he arrives on the planet um, from the asteroid, he still has his uniform on. Right. So it seems like it must be something the pod does.
0: Yeah, I guess so.
1: Uh, the so Harry's, pod, The murder pod. It,
0: <laughs> yeah, it is a murder pod, and Harry is murdered in it. These red beams, these red, like, poles come out and kill him Mm -hmm. so uh cut the voyager still getting bodies uh they're they're (laughs) transporting them back to the asteroids as they get them right
1: they're like yeah they just they they basically drop on the floor and um then they're like transported to the asteroid
0: yeah uh the voyager can't take much more of these uh vacuoles so taurus recommends leaving janeway begrudgingly agrees um uh, you know, as you know, Janeway cares about her crew, especially uh-huh. Harry. Yeah. I mean, she's already lost and found him once. But, uh, fortunately, Harry appears on the ship. He's, uh, he's dead, but they bring him to sick bay and revive him. And the last part it cuts to the galley. Uh, Harry is eating alone when Janeway walks in. Mm uh-huh. hmm. Uh, she tells him to take some time off so he, he can reflect on what happened and to appreciate his experiences.
1: Yeah, she says that there's a lot that happens to you as a member of Starfleet, mm-hmm. and um, that by the time you get to kind of where she's at after, you know, years and numerous promotions and everything, that she looks back and, you know, it's kind of advice from her experience, I think, to really appreciate the things that happen. That you make it through, I guess.
0: Yeah. Um Kim mentions that he's or Kim seems sad that these aliens believe in the next emanation, but their bodies just end up dead on this asteroid. Uh but Janeway suggests that the neural energy from the bodies, uh that their bodies release goes into the energy field surrounding the planet. hmm And uh so they live on in that way. And they know so little about death, so they don't know. Maybe there is an examination, uh, and that's the end of the episode. Yeah. So, what did you think? It was uh, it was an interesting episode. It was definitely better that Neelix wasn't in it. Yeah,
1: I think we've. Th- I would say it's one of the you know two or three best so far, and of those, I think. You know, t- two thirds of them haven't had any licks in them <laughs> at all. So he
0: would be really out of place in this episode anyway. It was not a yeah. It was not an episode for comic relief.
1: No, it was a very. Se- uh, yes, one of the things I noted it was a very serious episode. And apparently, uh, I was reading some um, interview with Brandon Braga, and in it he said that he'd actually been trying to get this story turned into an episode of Star Trek since um the days of Next Generation. Hmm. So, and actually yeah, I could see that. It really felt like one of those kind of philosophical, really thinky episodes of Next Generation mm-hmm. um where you had, you know, something like a, a a real world current day topic like death that they try to address through some sort of, you know, the t- t- tilted perspective of, you know, another culture's take on it. Right and um i mean that's what that's what star trek excels at Mm-hmm. it's like looking at at issues in uh, on earth through this other lens mm-hmm. of other cultures and how they've dealt with them um you know a lot of times it turned out to be a planet where you know the nazis won world war two <laughs> or something like that but i mean sometimes it turns out really good i think this is a pretty good attempt at at tackling a pretty weighty topic. Yeah. Um on a sci fi show. Um it was definitely not a kind of you know, I wouldn't say it was it was definitely not a throwaway episode. Um you know it, it kind of in a way it, it it felt pretty very similar to the the episode where they encountered uh the phage. Um where there was kind of this moral you know this big moral quandary, mm-hmm. um but in this case i you know I just thought it was it was handled better. uh I like Harry Kim a lot, um, and you know it was it was good to have him have some sort of little story here
0: um, yeah it uh, again though it's weird that Chakotay, who mm-hmm. has such a major role in the beginning of the episode, just kind of disappears
1: mhm it really I really felt like. I felt like he was better, su- that Chakotay was better suited to deal with this subject and deal with um, Terra and the problem she was having, like the spiritual quandary she was experiencing, um, than Janeway. Yeah, it, um, I, I mean, mean,
0: there's a lot of focus on Janeway in this series. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, I mean, granted, she's the captain, but I feel like not every episode has to be about the captain. And how she deals with things. Right.
1: Could be, you know, another one. Or, you know, it could have been, I mean, I would have been interested to hear how, I mean, you could have Janeway there oh, and yeah, have her absolutely. talking and have her, you know, imparting her wisdom. But it would have been interesting to hear uh, Chicote maybe talk about his Native American beliefs, um, about the afterlife. And, um, I think that would have maybe kind of put in contrast a little more. I mean, we had Kess who talked about the Ocampa, um, beliefs. So maybe it would have, you know, maybe the story would have been a little stronger if more of the, if you had this character, on the interp- or on the enterprise <laughs> on the voice it really felt like a next generation episode to me so if you had this character i can i picture her on next generation going around and and interacting with data i mean data would have been amazing is kind of like a uh, uh, you know kind of he would be asking all these questions too about is there an afterlife for androids you know mm-hmm. that sort of thing but i can imagine you know per- perhaps uh jacote uh telling um, telling her what, what his people believed and, you know, Torres talking about what the Klingons believe and, and things like that. And it might've given, you know, a more rounded, well-rounded story. I don't know. But I mean, I thought by and large, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and I,
0: I liked how it was a very focused episode. There was no B story. Uh, Mm-mm. it was just all about, you know, the next emanation and getting Harry back. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was an interesting one. It's not my favorite of the ones so far, but it's definitely up there. Yeah, uh, for this season.
1: And no Neelix. Yes. So.
0: There you go. <laughs> um, is there any other notes you want to talk about?
1: No, I think that the most interesting thing uh that I read about this episode, I think was that uh well there were <laughs> there were two things there was what I said about Brandon Braga wanting to tackle this topic of the afterlife in a next generation episode mm-hmm. um and this he he that he finally got the opportunity to do it at this point, and he was pretty uh, apparently he was pretty uh pleased with how it turned out uh although I guess he wanted he thought the episode should be even more serious and um there not to be this sort of conflict between or this this conflict around uh, Kim not being able to get back and Kim getting taken away to a research facility and things like that. Um, other thing, apparently, uh, I never realized on on Star Trek how involved the production process was and how tight budgets were and things like that. But apparently, um, it was a it was a pretty drawn out process to get the effects shots of the um of the of the ringed planet uh actually made uh they had to the people involved um with uh, creating the episode had to really petition uh paramount to give them the money to (laughs) do effect shots so the more i i see of this show and the more i read about how it was produced it it really seems like they were maybe not even though uh, next generation had been such a runaway success they were really kind of keeping pretty tight purse strings on the budget for the show. I don't know if they didn't think it was was worth it, or they didn't think it was going to pan out, or what. But uh, maybe it's just the way things are with the first season of any new show.
0: Yeah, and also they were running two Star Trek shows at once. Um, Yeah, that's true. Maybe I guess, yeah, they had to share resources and and everything. But, um, yeah, we're past the halfway point uh, for season one.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to, I've, I've you know, i have watching this on Netflix, so I've seen little snippets of the plots of some upcoming episodes, and there's some interesting-sounding stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like we're going to be seeing a couple of alien races already again, so,
0: um, yeah. Next week, we're going to talk about uh, Prime Factors, mm. which I don't think has anything to do with Transformers, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> it's not the Optimus Prime Factor.
1: Is it the Prime Directive, though? Hmm. Prime Directive should involve Optimus Prime. I think that's where anytime Starfleet makes first contact uh, with a new civilization, they just send down Optimus Prime uh, and scare the crap out of the, the native
0: civilization. Wait, Which Optimus Prime are we talking about? Are we talking about Movie Prime or are we talking about G1 Prime?
1: Uh, Yeah. Uh, movie Prime's too scary. I think they should send down G1 Prime. He's much more um, palatable. Well, like he says,
0: freedom is the right of all sentient beings. Yeah. There you go. He's a great ambassador. Come on. Uh, Yeah, so that's a wrap. Uh, We'll talk to you next week.
1: Yeah, thanks everyone and talk to you soon.